When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson. I'm also here with Jared Davis. We're about to play the Aggies. Not the Aggies that just lost Jimbo, but we're about to play the New Mexico State Aggies. I think they're the real Aggies, in, in my honest opinion. But, you know, Texas A&M, yeah, y'all, y'all can hate me for that. I don't care. I do not care. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the New Mexico State game. Jared, how you feeling heading into this one? You know, we're on a three-game winning streak. Potentially, could be four if we beat New Mexico State. Got out of the you know the first you know four weeks or the four weeks of losses, and now we're kind of rising back up, peaking in November. You love to see it. Uh, how you feeling heading into this one? I mean, I feel good. Um... You definitely, Hugh kind of hinted at this. He's like, momentum, we have it right now, but it's a, you can lose it at any moment. It's a daily mm-hmm. thing. And so what you don't want to have happen is all this hard work be wasted. And I don't think that, you know, anybody can win, right? But I don't think they come in here and win this game, but they, they can make it more challenging than we need to mm-hmm. and, and take away that confidence and momentum that we really need heading into the Alabama game. But all in all, I, I think, I think in the end it winds up being a, a the score that we expect it to be. Yeah, I I would hope so. I mean, there's a lot that I think Auburn is doing really well right now, and I I as good as New Mexico State is right now, which they're eight and three. They're also you know again showing you how good of a season they're having. They've already claimed a spot in their conference USA championship game, so they're even within their own conference doing really well. But if you look at the if we lined up every player and said this defensive lineman, this offensive, you know, offensive lineman, who's going to win? I'd put my money on Auburn every every single day. Like, I don't I, I don't think there should be any uh, any of their players that should out athlete us. Um, so it, if they maybe pull out a couple tricks, you never know. Could be again, a little bit tighter. But I mean, Auburn right now, if you kind of look at the the line as far as Las Vegas and how they've set it 23 point is predicting or 23 point win for Auburn. Yeah. That that's pretty solid. Like that's, that's what you'd expect. Uh, which <laughs> if we do that, awesome. Like again, two wins where we haven't had 
to really worry at all. And when it, when does that happen? Like, I mean, even I guess the um, the game before, you know, we before even Arkansas, one of the Lincoln on us, no Vanderbilt, yeah, Vanderbilt kind of felt the same. It was pretty close, but they they even had like a moment where Vanderbilt kind of could have crept back in. Um, so how cool would it be to finally have you know back to back to back times where we don't have to necessarily sweat as an Auburn fan? Um, that, that would that would feel a little weird from us, but it's a good weird. weird. Um, let's kind of do a little bit of our you know our normal thing of doing players to watch. I mean, honestly, there's not a whole lot that you should necessarily always be super concerned about with New Mexico state. Auburn should win. Um, but of Auburn's players, are there particular players on offense that you're going to be watching? Um, I mean, I want to say, you know, like, uh, Caleb Burton to see if his role expands even more. Mm-hmm. I feel like every game it does, but I'm going to go cam Brown because we, we were kind of tough on him in the last podcast. And I do think he is very talented um so let i want to see how he responds he did not have a good game against arkansas a lot of fans are upset with him and uh let's see let's see if he comes back fighting and uh you know uh produces a little better in this game so i'm going to keep an eye on him yeah i I was kind of going along the same route of you know the big wide receivers cam brown um i mean even somewhat jay fair and some some extent um I want to see the consistent play out of them. We know Javarius Johnson and we know, you know, Rivaldo Fairweather are going to be solid, but it's the other guys. Um, and this is, a, this is a good game to, you know, again, you're probably going to be better, a lot better than the defensive backs that are covering you. But this is a time to really get those extra reps in there. Um, so I want to see that um, from those big wide receivers. Let's go over to defense. Jared, who are you going to be watching on defense? Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard not to say McLeod, right? Maybe uh, maybe mm. Falk as well. I feel like those guys are starting to really get pressure. Um, I mean, really probably that whole D-line. I mean, I, I think Marcus Harris is just tearing it up. I heard – I think he may have more tackles than Derek Brown did his last year. Um, oh. Yeah, it's something crazy. So, that whole D-line really, I think – I mean, this game right here – Again, you really just want to get out without injuries, right? But if we, I feel like we have started, I feel like we found something. We put pressure on uh, Vanderbilt's quarterback. We really put pressure on Arkansas's quarterback. And at this point, it's all about keep that confidence going. Let's get a couple sacks. Feel like you can play above your, your normal level going into the mm-hmm. Bama game. And so let's keep an eye. I'm keeping an eye on that D line. Yeah. Defensive line should dominate. And, and I think there's pieces of it especially our edge rushers like Falk um, should be able to get to their quarterback. Um, I mean, like, I, I feel like it's not it like we should expect at least a few sacks um, in this kind of game. Um, and they have a passing quarterback that is decent. I mean, he's got over 2000 yards already. He's got, um, I think it's now how many, 19 touchdowns. Um, so, I mean, obviously he can pass pretty well, but our secondary like I'm not necessarily worried because our secondary is so solid um, on defense. To me, it's like watching anybody because it is so hard to you know keep your eyes off this defense because at any moment, any one of them could just be the star in the moment. And I, I feel like that's kind of fun right now um, because like you could pick 
you know, one of the safeties, you can pick any of them because they're all to some extent, if you're on the field defensively, you're doing something. Um, I mean, like I kind of want to say secondary because just in general, because I think that's the only way that they're going to beat us. Um, I'm not worried about the run game that that's, I feel like our defensive line has done a great job of slowing down people's run games. Um, even teams that are really good at running the ball. So um, I'll, I'll just kind of generally say secondary. Let's talk about special teams. Uh, we have got obviously Oscar Chapman. You got <laughs> Alex McPherson and all of our kickoff and punt returners because you know that those are fun. Jared, who are you going to be watching this game? Um, special teams. Hmm. You got to go McPherson. You got to see if he can keep that streak alive. I mean, I hate, yeah. hate for I mean, hopefully we really don't even need him, but I mean, let's score touchdowns and not field goals, right? But if we're going to kick field goals, let's let's don't blow the streak on this game. Right. Uh, when, what's, yeah. And he just passed, who was it, Daniel Carlson? Uh, most consecutive field goals. Is that right? Uh, thank you. I don't, I did not hear that, but it would not surprise me. It's only like 19 in a row right now or something. Yeah. It's crazy. Yes. So it, for him to keep that going would be awesome, especially heading to the Iron Bowl um, where who who knows, like crazy things have always happened. And uh, I feel like a, a touchdown, you know, obviously is, is good, but like sometimes you, you might need that extra field goal um, to keep things going for Auburn. So yeah, I, w- I would love to see us get lots of touchdowns this game and never see Alex McPherson. But at the same time, if you do, let's make some field goals. Um, special teams for me. I mean, I'm going to call it Batie. Like how many times am I going to say it? Like I'm, I'm a broken record, but like I want Batie, especially in a game like this to, to take one to the house. Um, and for our special teams to not have a hold, like it's kind of a combination, like special teams don't hold on a kickoff or a punt return. Like don't do that. So, uh, let's get into our score predictions for this game. Uh, Auburn is projected according to ESPN stats, um, to win by 94% close to it. Um, but you can kind of see New Mexico state surging a little bit. They've, uh, they've won a handful in the in a row. Uh, they're on a five game winning streak right now. So, you know, they're feeling good. Auburn's feeling good. And, uh, I mean, it could be a little bit closer than you'd want to see, but I mean, I'm not necessarily worried about this one. Um, let's talk about our score predictions for this. So preseason, I'd said we'd win by 31 points. You said we'd win by 41 points. Um, and uh, <laughs> I even had a statement uh, from our preseason, and I'm just now kind of rereading that. I was saying, I hope Robbie gets to run the offense and gives Peyton a rest which I still feel like that's very true. Like this is a game where Peyton is going to come out QB one. And I hope Peyton does get the rest and we don't have to you know, play him even much in the second half. So that would open up for both Robbie and uh, Holden Gurner to come out there and uh, run the offense a little bit, get some more reps under their belt. Um, so Jared score predictions. What you feeling? How are you? How are you doing? Yeah, forty-one points is a lot right now. That's what you had predicted preseason. Am you I sticking with I your predict, gut? Did I predict we win by forty-one? I, I hope so. I hope that's, you did. Yeah, that's. I don't know. That's pretty. It's pretty high. Um, I, I mean, we just that. we just beat 
Arkansas by 38 points. I know. Um, I just, I don't know. That's pretty hard to do, really, though. I, I, they got a pretty good D. I think we're going to probably put in our backups relatively early into the fourth quarter or, or late third. I'm going to go, I'm going to say we win by 31. Okay, solid. And that, that's what I had predicted. And my gut is telling me it, it could be really, like, it, it could be either one of two. Like, I'm thinking we win by, like, say, like, 17 points. Or we win by like 40 points. And I don't know if there's any like necessarily in between. <laughs> it's like it could be a somewhat closer game or it could just be like a complete domination from Auburn. <sighs> so like, all right, I'm going to be the optimist. I'm an optimist. Let's say we win by 40. I'm going for it. I'm going big or like going it. home. I go big or go home. I mean, I, you know, at the end of the day, I think if this is I don't I think if this is our last game, I could see 40 more. I just really think this is one of those, and I, and again, this may turn into a, fi- a fire, right? But if it's not, I think we're going to try to get our starters out as quick as possible, and that's that's going to allow them to score more points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which could happen, right? I mean, like it gives Auburn a lot of rest headed into arguably one of the more hyped up Iron Bowls in the you know, pretty much since, like in my mind one of the most except probably 2019 um and that was the year bo nicks actually beat bama so it's like this this is leading into something a little bit more and and yeah the coaches are thinking about that i mean obviously the game in front of you win it but they're also thinking longevity of the season and the iron ball is going to be physical so you need everybody as healthy as you can get so resting the guys uh before the iron ball as much as you can i think is going to be key and real quick, I know this is not an Iron Bowl podcast, but I saw where Nick Saban is four and seven in Jordan Hare. So really, let's it's just, that low. Let's just start getting and remember that that counts for LSU as well when he coached wow. there. So let's just start let's start revving that up a little bit. We don't have to look. We can look ahead. We're not the football team, so um, <laughs> it just 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 a little uh, tease of of what, where we might be headed next next week with our predictions but uh, mm-hmm. thought that was interesting i knew he struggled at jordan Hare, but four and seven is is apparently his record there that's pretty crazy i mean i, I obviously we knew gus had some pretty crazy games against him and uh, obviously that skews it a little bit but but keep in mind uh, if tank of course everything's crazy right like life is just crazy if tank stays in bounds uh, oh my gosh he's three and eight and, Jordan uh-huh. Hare and, and brian harson's probably still our coach and i don't i think we're better off now so it's kind of it's kind of <laughs> weird right yeah. you're like do you sacrifice that game for uh-huh. but i mean literally if tank stays in bounds we win that ball game i mean it's over yeah um, exactly they, have, they just don't have enough time mm-hmm. exactly um, so it could be a worse record for saban yeah so let's hope we get that win big win uh, against Alabama, but we're going to save that for later. We're going to get into it next week um, because it, it, this could be one of the most hyped iron bowls in a very long time. Um, let's transition to our final segment of the day an Auburn fan perspective of the sec. Um, a lot was happening, not necessarily always football, but the coaching carousel has begun. Um, Texas A&M, they fired Jimbo Fisher 75 or I've seen $76 million buyout either way. It's ridiculous. Like somebody put together, it was like the last four Auburn coaches that got fired 
their buyouts were way less than that, like all co- combined. And it's like that, that just puts in perspective how big this buyout is. Like my mind can't even like really wrap around that Jimbo Fisher is going to get paid $7.2 million per year for the next eight years. What? Do you know, uh, do you know what Bobby Bonilla day is? Are you old enough to know what that is? No, that went right over my head. Okay. So do you know who Bobby Bonilla is? No. Okay. Should so I? he was a, well, he was a player. He played with Barry Bonds on the Pirates, and he, and then he went to the Mets. So every year on like July 1st, I'm, I'm messing up the date, he gets paid a million dollars from the Mets. He hadn't played baseball in 20 years. What? And, and so the way his contract was structured, yeah, go look it up. It's Bobby Bonilla Day. Okay. And every year, still, he gets paid that million dollars. Hey, Jimbo is going to call him up and be like, I got you beat. <laughs> I'm going to get – hey – you get a million a year. I'm going to get like seven a year to not work at that at my old job. Yeah. Well, and, and somebody brought up this opens up, you know, an opportunity where Jimbo, if he really wants to coach again and you know, go to like a you know small school, like even a group of five school that pays nothing. If you still want to coach next year and you can't because it's not about the money like he could go to Jacksonville State next year or some other. You know, smaller school he could and still be plenty well off um to live so bobby man. real quick real quick i know nobody care some people will care if you were born before like 1990 uh, bobby bonilla will get paid he will get paid until 2035 what? it is july 1st he gets 1.19 million every <laughs> july 1st um, incredible yeah, and I don't think I think it's he has definitely not played in 15 years. I know that wow. for a fact. And he, yeah. I just looked it up. He's 60, so like obviously yeah. he's not in the MLB <laughs> he's anymore. Getting, he's getting 1.19 million just to still be alive. So my you know. goodness, I, yeah. I I want his agent. If I well, I'm never going to the pros, but you know, I, if I did, I'd I'd want him. Man, I'm not gonna lie. Look, I, I hate this. I I wish I wasn't this way. If I was getting paid seventy nine million dollars to be fired, I would punt on first down. <laughs> like I That's would so literally, true. yeah. I mean, I would be taking knees at the first drive. I mean, I'm like, please, right. please fire me. Um, right. Yeah. So it, it's it's really crazy. I mean, I, I, if there was ever, and I, I'm sure there are some like legitimate like business kind of jobs that, hey, if you fire me, you owe me this. But that's like coaching is on another level and it's just skyrocketed in the last, you know, probably like what, since 15 years, probably. And it's just like it's out of out of control. Like at some point, I feel like this has got to give and the there's got to be some balance come back. But who knows? It feels like it, it's never coming back. Um, I do want to yeah, just do a little bit of reflection, a little bit of a let's think about memories of Jimbo Fisher. So my very first one was FSU, you know, him being over at, over uh, at Florida state. And I, I had a hatred towards him, even preseason. I bashed him. I was like, he's getting fired this year. And I feel so validated now <laughs> that he's actually got fired. I thought it would honestly be next year because the buyout would go down a little bit more, but Texas A&M don't care. They want to get that program back on track. Um, it's, it's 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 going down downhill quick at Texas A&M. Um, another couple of fun ones uh, from this year, Eugene Asante. 
you know, he had, I think it was a either fumble return or interception, whatever it was. He was running, running it back. And yet Jimbo Fisher was on the field and he almost like, I wish Eugene Asante would have just trucked him. Like he would have <laughs> legally been able to truck the head coach of the opposite team because he was on the field. Like how cool would that have been? I mean, it's still crazy, but uh, that's, that's fun. Um, so another fun one. And that's all this kind of swirling around the internet the last couple of days. Um, the Jimbo Fisher was given a placard with the national championship and it was, it said with a blank here. And you're like, he got zero national championships there. Didn't even get a sec championship. Nothing. He finished third or less in five of his six seasons. There. And, yeah. and we're, and, and people are like, well, Auburn, had, listen, Auburn hadn't played well either, but <laughs> literally like if you were going to plant a university, if you said, Jared, I or AJ, I want you to create a university. Where are you putting it? Um, Texas. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how are we going to make it successful? Why don't we pair it with a university that has unlimited funds? Okay. <laughs> and then you're like, wait a minute. We already have one of those. It's called Texas A&M. Yep. Like, like from what I understand, I don't even know this. From what I understand, they dwarf Texas in money. I mean, they have some money and he finished third or worse in the West five of the six years. And the only year he did not was the COVID year when he had a, every offensive lineman was a senior and his quarterback was a senior. Yeah. So, I mean, he won a championship at Florida state, but I think, I don't know, man. I kind of put that in like the, I feel like even Gus had kind of this a little bit at some points, like capturing lightning in a bottle. I think Gus had more sustained success, but there was like this capturing lightning in a bottle that Jimbo did that year with Jameis Winston and that team. It's kind of of the same thing. You know, Gus Malzahn was able to do it 2013, 2017, 2019, had really good seasons those years. And Jimbo kind of had those like, like that moment. And then it was like back to normal. It's back to normal (laughs) or worse. I mean, you're saying it was honestly, I think A&M's in a worse spot right now. You know, team morale wise, now recruiting solid. They're going to be good. They're going to be fine there as long as they get another coach in there quick and uh, keep a lot of those recruits uh, committed. But hey, Auburn, Auburn's coming after some of them. And uh, I think things will start kind of play, playing out because once a team, just kind of a, as a reminder for you listeners, once a head coach is fired, the players of that team get 30 days. It's essentially like an open transfer portal for those right? players. Right. So like any of these players could just, Announce, I'm I'm gonna go in the transfer Some portal right have. now. I think two of them already have. Yeah, and so and, and that's gonna probably overlap with I think I've heard December fourth. It's somewhere around there when the official like every school the transfer portal opens. So I mean, if I'm Auburn, Texas A&M has a lot of talent. Go go poach some of them. It's it's legal. Go do it. Um, throw some NIL money at them. Whatever it takes. Because uh, I think they they do have do have some talent and uh, especially in the wide receiver room we could definitely benefit from that. Um, also, kind of interesting thing, you know, if Arkansas does fire Sam Pittman, Travis Williams will be their interim head coach, which I love that you know Auburn's ties T. Will Travis Williams um, when he was coaching at Auburn I feel like he was just a fan favorite still you know to some extent is uh, just with all of his Auburn ties. Um, so 
I think that that would be kind of neat if that ends up happening. And hey, we're recording this on Monday, so you know, by the time this comes out, maybe we we already have some news about Sam Pittman. But if not, uh, <laughs> I've already heard the rumor mill going. I love it. Gus Malzahn's name is thrown around for the Arkansas job, which Gus Gus will <laughs> always be connected to the Arkansas job. If I'm it's Gus so though, true. I'm like I'm I'm content here in Florida. But you know, yeah. he's from Arkansas. Uh, I don't know yeah. if we're gonna get to this. I wanted to ask somebody raised mm-hmm. this question: Mississippi State. So they, they you know they they have officially uh, parted ways with Zach Arnett. Yeah. Do they bring back Dan Mullen? Ooh. I, I had not thought about that. And I was like, um, he's not coaching anywhere. He he had the most sustained success with them. He knows. Uh, I mean, he knows how to recruit over there. He's Obviously, put together some really good teams. I mean, I how I mean, you probably do you want see, a fresh how start. Often do you see that? Yeah, you don't see it a lot. Um, but what? you know, if it were me, I wouldn't. If it were me, I'd go get a. I would take a chance. I would go get a young, upcoming, uh, hotshot coordinator and just pray it turns out to be kind of like a a Kirby Smart. Now Kirby, you know, walked into a sleeping giant with Georgia. They're they're not mm-hmm. really even in the same ballpark. But um, if they're good enough. Uh, but here's the here's the one positive. If Dan Mullen goes to state and he's successful again, I don't know if he leaves. He's already tried the big time scene. Um, right. Whereas whereas if a hotshot coordinator comes in and succeeds, he you know he would be more tempted to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that's an interesting scenario. So I I don't think it happens. I don't think Mississippi State would do that. I don't think most teams would do that. You know, unless it was like early in the career of whatever that coach was still endeared goes off to another school, gets developed and then comes back. But I, I don't know. I mean, that that seems a little too like just kind of settling. He had, he had them ranked in the, I think the first ever playoff ranking, they were number one. Mm, that's true. Again, I don't, I'm with you though. I don't think it, I'm just thinking more through this. I'm like, it could, but I'm with you. I don't, I don't think it eventually yeah. does happen. Yeah. Um, Let's also talk about Bama just absolutely dominating Kentucky. Like, I thought it was going to be a game for a little bit, and then nope. Bama was like, we're going to be Bama and just dominate, which that was kind of be expected, I feel like. Um, how how Bama's offense right now is just clicking on all cylinders, and if Auburn has any chance of beating them in a couple weeks, you got to slow that down by a lot. Um, so, um, another my, couple of things. My favorite season is the um, the beginning of the year season with Kentucky, where they always start out five and zero. Everybody's <laughs> like, "Oh, they're great, they're ranked, they're good, they're gonna," and then they literally get destroyed by every big opponent they play. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like clockwork. Set your clocks to it, folks. Yeah, it's like what is it like seven or eight games in, and you're like, "Here we go, the rest of the season is gonna be trash," and that's where they're at right now. Yeah, they're already. I mean, all the fans are already looking towards basketball anyway. So yeah, I mean, and again, yeah. I mean, I mean, that they're, I think they're content with that. I think they're okay with what he's producing up there. But every year, it's like every year they start out, oh, they're going to give Georgia a game. Oh, they might give Alabama <laughs> a game. Nope, they lose them all. Yep. Um, South Carolina. After South Carolina has, I mean, played a few not so great or played a few games, like they've they've struggled. And uh, they came out, played Vandy, kept Vandy to six points. So props to them for that. And they put up 47 points. So uh, what they they I don't know if they figured out anything necessarily that's going to push them 
to potentially a bowl game. They're four and six right now. They have to play Kentucky and Clemson. Uh, they got a shot, but I, I I didn't realize. I mean, this is his third year. I didn't realize they have to win the last two to make a bowl game. If they don't make a bowl game, is he in trouble? I I've heard in, that in his recruiting. I've I've heard that his recruiting is good enough that it might keep him year, out off the hot seat for one more year. It's year three though. I know. Like, one, I, don't, like, it, like I don't want it to happen. I mean, I, I look. I want all people to keep their jobs. I'm just thinking, like <laughs> historically, well, year three is like the year you got to produce. Well, even you know, a lot of these coaches now, like we used to think, you know, three to four years was kind of like give them time. Now you got transfer portal, and I think that shrunk down to like legitimately like a year and a half to two years. If you're not showing progress in a year and a half to two years as a head coach, you're gone. And you're, you got a point. Year three. He he did get on a really hot hot streak at the end of last year, and they beat Clemson. That probably bought him another year, mm-hmm. um, regardless of what happens this year. But yeah, you gotta you gotta. I mean, same with Hugh Freeze. I mean, uh, year three. I mean, I'm not going to lie, with the 12-team expanded playoff, year three, you need to be in that combo. Yeah, for real. So I, I, that would be kind of interesting in my mind. You know, that's all part of this coaching carousel that has begun in the SEC. Does that happen? Uh, maybe. Could be. Uh, Missouri beat Tennessee. And that, you know, both teams ranked 13 and 14th, respectively. I thought that was going to be a closer game. But Missouri, man, they are uh, – they're having some really good successes this year. They're, uh, what is it, eight and two right now, and they're about to go play Florida. It's probably going to be a win there. About to play Arkansas. Legitimately, think about this. Play this scenario out. Missouri is probably a 10 and two team at the end of the season and probably ranked in the top 10. Isn't that crazy? Like, they're having a really good season. I, I thought they were insane for extending Drinkowitz's contract at the end of last year. Um, but they obviously knew more than I did. They're playing really good ball. Um, yeah. Tennessee, I, I'm going to stick with it. I said it about six weeks ago. I still think they beat Georgia at home, and here's why. Tennessee on the road averages 28 points a game. At home, they average 48. Mm. Um, they are a very different team on the road. They got beat very badly by a good Missouri team. Georgia eventually is going to lose, and I think it happens in Knoxville this week. You're probably right. I mean, I feel like the there is a big advantage to playing, and and I've been to Knoxville. I mean, they they when they are playing when they have like a decent season, Tennessee, and right now they had they're seven and three. They're having a pretty good season. Um, they're kind of like on the cusp of like having a great season, and if they could beat Georgia, I think it puts you into like a great season. Uh, for them so watch out for that game coming up this saturday um and then uh lsu i mean my goodness lsu just like their their offense i know they struggled against bama but that was also because Jaden daniels went out and bama just their, their defense is pretty legit but by Jaden daniels by himself he accounted for 600 yards just one player you know passing running the ball everything you're like that is ridiculous um and so here's kind of like to come back to like a heisman topic you know i feel like in my mind just based on what i've seen heisman you have to be on a a really successful football team to become a heisman like you can't have like a six and six or even a eight and four type season and be considered a heisman but i I think you're right 
I think that's wrong though. Like you are well, correct. Oh, uh, yeah. And my, yeah, that was kind of my point is like, I think that's wrong because Heisman isn't you're on a successful team and you're a successful player and a really good athlete. It's, you know, you're, you're the best player good. in college football. Right. Yeah, we, we've bought, well, I feel like we've messed up. Like, for example, we will, we will crown the best player on the best team, the Heisman. And you're like, no, that's MVP. You're missing the point here. That right. most valuable player when Alex Rodriguez won MVP for the Rangers and they didn't even make the playoffs, they messed it up. Like he might be the best player in baseball, but you can't be most valuable when you don't make the playoffs. Like, yeah, yeah. so they, I think sports mess this up all the time. Uh, listen, I would rather Bo Nix get it to be honest with you. And I think mm-hmm. he is the odds on favorite right now in Vegas. Jaden Daniels is the Heisman winner. I mean, I've watched him play enough football. The guy's ridiculous. You can't stop him when he's on, he's on. It is He's not like Cam because Cam could literally also just like was physically outpower you. Jaden can't do that, mm-hmm. but he just has an uncanny knack for like knowing when to run, when to not. He throws a beautiful face. Everything works. Watching him play, I don't know how you stop him when he's on. If right. they had any sort of a defense, they'd be in the national title conversation. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I just uh, to me, no offense to Bo Nix. I actually hope he wins it, but to me, Jaden Daniels is my Heisman winner. Yeah, me too. And it, and you can see it. Like in his play, there is no doubt in my mind he is the best player on the field at any moment. Yeah, he's he's insane. I mean, and we held him last year to under a hundred yards passing, but it was like it clicked after that game. He took off mm-hmm. um, and added the throwing to his running that he already had, and so. Yeah, he's the Heisman, but you're right. You almost, I wasn't saying you're wrong. In in the past, you have to win a lot of games. I feel like if they hover in that three loss and don't lose again, he probably can get it. But yeah, if they lose four games, they're going to hold that against him. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's what sucks about it. Like, I think he'll probably get to go to, what is it, usually New York and he'll be in New do York. the Heisman. He'll be in the top three. He'll get to go. But I genuinely hope he, he gets it, even though I, I also want it for Bo. Like, I think Bo Nix, I mean, we we obviously at Auburn had the kind of funny phrase, like, he's a dark horse for Heisman kind of deal. <laughs> and and now he might legitimately be, which is, is a really cool, like, capstone to his long career in college football. He also was playing football when, when uh, the Heisman was invented, I think. He's been around so long. So <laughs> just like... go ahead and give it to him. I know, I know. Um, Jared, any other final thoughts about uh, New Mexico State? Any other things going on that you want to point out? No, I think uh, just get through it without injuries. Let's look, you know, keep that momentum going. Look, don't take a step back. And uh, yep, that's that's my game plan uh, yeah, for, for, sure. for the upcoming game. If we, uh, I'm just asking for a queen game, no injuries, and get on to the next one. Like, get yourself ready mentally, physically. For Alabama because we all know that's going to be a physical game in Jordan here uh, the week following. So, Jared, before we get out of here, how can people stay in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on X at A-J-A-Y, J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle.
Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.